you're either you're either on the bus or you're off the bus. Welcome aboard, episode 26 of Riding the Bus, the official Iowa Wild podcast presented by Explore Minnesota on the way. Here in what's been a beautiful month of November in the state of Iowa, not only away from the rink, but in the rink for these mm-hmm. Iowa Wild. Ben Gislason, Joey Goldstein, this is our November in-season episode. Yep. And it's early, but things feel a lot different here in November than they did in October. This young team is growing pretty quickly, it seems. Yeah, I think there was uh, a little bit of, maybe panic isn't the right word. No, but it not felt, panic. It wasn't panic, but it was uh, just pause you know after <laughs> that's, yeah, that's after it. two two preseason games we scored 13 goals and it looks like this this team's just gonna light the world on fire uh everybody was brought back down to reality a little bit it was their preseason games for a reason and now we're we're back in the swing of things uh it took a little while for for i think the the team to get their footing under them we've had a lot of up and down with minnesota because they've been bitten by the injury bug a bit um so i think over the last couple weeks here, now into November, we've had a little more consistency. Guys are getting more familiar with each other, understanding their line mates and their teammates a little bit better. And uh, we were talking about this last week, but I think after the game on November 5th, the win against Texas started a little bit of a run. This team kind of has, I think, figured out their identity, identity now and understands how they need to play moving forward to be competitive and stay in these games. It's been an enjoyable run for the Wild as we record this episode today. Full transparency. We don't want to lie to you. We're not going to lie to We're our viewers and our listeners uh, due to timing constraints and the fact that, especially for home games, all of us, including Marquise, are just remarkably busy. We're recording this prior to the home game weekend against Rockford Saturday and Sunday, so things can change very quickly. We're things hoping they don't. We're hoping that this winning streak will continue right into next week mm-hmm. when this episode airs. But uh, we're also up in the Tom Curvis press box. You can hear the beautiful sounds of hockey going on behind us, yep. of which the Wild are practicing currently, and of which goaltender Zane McIntyre will be joining us at the end of practice. That'll be our interview guest here today and a fascinating guy. All goalies yeah. are fascinating. Zane is one that, similarly to a, a shaky Kraus, Similarly to an Adam Beckman, I feel in the time that we have with him, we're only going to get to really scratch the surface with Mm -hmm. Zane. But nonetheless, uh, he's a guy that is so interesting to talk about, not only as a goaltender, but as a person, too. He's a really unique guy. Yeah, I'm looking forward to chatting with him. I mean, he's definitely, there's just some some quirks, you know, as a goalie. And I always like to see guys have superstitions, especially on the goalie side Mm -hmm. of things. They're very particular about things. And I know Zane has some of those, too, so curious to dive into that big on toe spacers i know yes so gonna figure out what the deal is there um zane's got dogs i know he spent some time in boston played in an outdoor dressed in an outdoor game so i kind of want to hear what that experience was like um so yeah some some pretty cool things i'm excited to get him up here and chat with him and the only player currently on this Iowa Wild roster with Dakota Murmurs with the big club that has kids so it's yeah. always interesting to talk to par- pro hockey parents yeah it's not easy, from no, what I've been told. No. Kids Living that dog. lifestyle, and yes, dog. and dogs. So yeah. uh, you want to talk about Saints. His wife, Mallory, is one of them, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, moving ahead to introing this podcast, introing episode 26, we've talked about the wild success on the ice. But for you, your marketing staff has... It's a new turnover, a lot of yeah. fresh faces. Walk us through being a leader of a brand new team, and, and is everybody sort of starting to find their rhythm now? Did you notice any kind of a, 
a rut at the beginning with all these new faces, or did everybody jump in and, and grab an oar pretty quickly? No, everybody's jumping in pretty quickly and, and, and picking it up, but it is you know one of those things that it takes time to get everybody up to speed. Um, fortunately, it's it's happened in in spurts and in waves, so mm-hmm. it's not all happening at once because that would have been just pure chaos and that's kind of what it was when i started we had a lot of new people at the same time um but now you know we have you know jeff peterson's come in and taken over our promotions and events and he's been great uh dylan who was with us to start the season uh moved on with to an nhl opportunity so now we brought in emily garner from san jose who's her first games are going to be this coming weekend here so there's a lot for her to learn to get up to speed with uh but she's been taking everything in stride uh carter zier has moved over from the ticket team is now on our marketing team helping with our our email and uh, website updates and really all of our marketing communications is what we we call them so he's kind of spearheading that and he's been great um we're getting a new community relations coordinator in in the next couple weeks too so there there's a lot but uh it's exciting times it's always i mean you you obviously miss the people who who leave and move on because they have been such a part of the core for so long and they do a great job but at the end of the day, you know, there's, there's times where everybody hits that moment where it is time to move on for them. And, um, you know, you just try to bring in the best people possible to, to help backfill. And hopefully there are no gaps in, in production, right? So um, I think we're in a good spot going forward. And I'm, I'm excited to see the growth, you know, throughout the year. We Reigning marketing department of the year for the league. We got a standard <laughs> we got we got to uphold. Yeah, and we gotta the get, heights are high to climb to for this group. I want to go back to back, right? Yeah, It'd be no crazy doubt. not to. So. Um, yeah, we'll get there, but we're doing we're doing good, and everybody else is doing great. So, well, welcome back as well to our VP of Business Ops, Allie Cornick. A- after a, a well-deserved maternity leave this mm-hmm. summer, she welcomes Chloe, uh, her and her husband Chris, welcoming Chloe into the world. Uh, their firstborn together, and certainly uh, nice to have her come back. And I was talking with her when we had our first one-on-one coming back, and I said, "So." What'd you walk back into, basically? Yeah. Because she's so she's. I always say she leads from the front. She's someone that she knows this organization mm-hmm. inside and out. A day one employee, so undoubtedly she was going to come back and probably see some things and go, what, "What's happening here? Why is yeah. this happening?" But she said, as a whole, kudos to you and a lot of the other front office staffers that picked up, obviously not slack, but picked up a mm-hmm. lot of her roles while she was out. Said so she came back and it was cruising along yeah so that's, it's, a, that's, a, that's a nice sign i think it's in a it's a it's a different kind of situation it's not like oh what am i walking into i think for her it's more of like it's there's an excitement factor to it you've been out for so you know for three four months however long it was and then you're coming in after the season has started so you know her first game is a school day game and then she goes into uh you know the fourth and the fifth that weekend a lot of the things that were running in game she's seeing for the first time so like it's a completely different experience to to go in without having any sense of this is what we're going to run and being able to see things for the first time uh i think is a pretty cool cool experience i don't know that i'd want to do it because i'd be super stressed out going yeah, into it. i'm sure she very, was i wouldn't but, do very well at that um, no it, it i know it was a pretty cool uh cool experience to just kind of see things develop um but she hasn't really had a full hand in like she would have in years past. Clicking on all cylinders, off the ice, on the ice as well. Coming into this weekend, Iowa 4-1 and one in the month of November. Uh, they come off really their most consistent weekend as a whole, putting together six periods of play through Rockford in a win, through Chicago in a win. Granted, a Chicago team that's still maybe finding their sea legs a little yep. bit with the uh, lack of an affiliation to an NHL team right now, but... The one thing that jumps out to me about the Wild as we sit here coming into this weekend is it's been a slow burn. It's been a team that 
those first few weekends, they were lucky if they put one period together, mm-hmm. let alone three. I'm not sure Brett McLean would tell you that they've put together a full three-period performance yet because even in that Texas win you alluded to, there was a second period there where they gave up a two-goal lead and the game got tied. But it's been really methodical. It's been shift by shift, period by period, and you're just starting to see, and, and for people like myself or you or I'm sure some of our fans that watch this team so detailed, there's, you're seeing that. You're mm-hmm. seeing that there haven't been nearly the glaring mistakes that we saw early, specifically from this young blue line. And not only are those mistakes starting to turn, but you're, not, you're, you're seeing even more now contributors from that younger group. Carson Lambeau scores his first goal in Chicago. It was a beautiful shot. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he could shoot like that. Uh, that was a wicked release. <laughs> uh, and you're starting to see that comfort level, and, and, and I've, I've said it, and I actually said it on a Hockey Gone Wilder radio show uh, earlier this past, or last week. I said, I, at least for me, I didn't think we would see this type of a team this early. And they have far from arrived. We're not yeah. crowning them as this, yeah. this Central Division champion team yet. But as of right now, they're second place in the division. And they're playing really consistent hockey, which for a team that is as young as this team is, I'm impressed with what we're seeing in November. Mm-hmm. And the test this weekend, again, and we'll see how this pans out. Fans at home listening will know how it pans out because the games will be over. Is Now there's, there's some injuries that are Minnesota's dealing with. Jesper Volstead is gone. Uh, not only understandably so because he gets to go home to Sweden and see his yep. family. Uh, by the way, Fred James doing a great job with that interview yeah, uh, over great. in Sweden. I was not surprised that at Fred and Rose doing a wonderful job across uh, over in Scandinavia for us. But Jesper gone. Hunt is back on. But also, you've got injuries to Jake Lucchini. There's a few other players that are, are I, I can't even say it right now on this mm-hmm. podcast because we're not sure if they're going to play this weekend or mm-hmm. not. So Iowa and Minnesota have been hit really hard with this early, and it happens to every team. You hope it doesn't happen multiple times. One team's going to – you're going to get hit once every year with a really bad string of injuries. Some teams get hit twice with it. Some teams get hit three times. But you hope that that one time, I would prefer it to be now. Yeah, then oh, later. Absolutely. You, absolutely. If you're looking at it with rose-colored glasses on, you're saying, I'll take a November big injury bug hit because then you hope you just grind through it, mm-hmm. you make your way through it, you get healthy at the right time, and then you play your best hockey in the second half of the season. Yeah, absolutely. That now Now's the time. I think it also – this show showcases the depth that Mike Murray has, has yeah. put together for this team. That was one thing we talked about going into the season was we signed a lot of guys, and a lot of guys who should be AHL players, but – it's a numbers game, and there weren't a lot of spaces, and there were some tough decisions that had to be made at the end of training camp with guys. So depending on how injuries shake out, you might see more people come in um, you know, over the next, next few weeks or whatever it may be, especially if Minnesota stays as banged up as they are. Um, but it's exciting to see those guys come in. I mean, Pavel Novak's been fantastic since he came up here, and Gavin Hain in the games he played before he was banged up looked look great too. So it's... You're getting a lot of contributions yes. across the board, which is which is super important. So, uh, just excited to see how it continues to progress. But hopefully, everybody gets healthy soon. And on a weekend like this one, you are never more grateful than you are right now for a guy like Zane McIntyre yeah. on a weekend like this because Jesper goes up so he's, and, and, and you go been outstanding. He has been off the charts good. Jesper goes up, and even though Zane has not won a game to this point in the year, a couple outings. He deserved to win. The game and in Milwaukee was oh phenomenal. Oh, my gosh. It was one of the best, maybe yeah. the best game he's played. It certainly the most saves he's ever made in his AHL career, 45. Yeah. So he's given his team a chance to win 
at least half the games he started right now, and he's going to get a great look, we think, this weekend to probably put together, hopefully, num win number 150 for him in his AHL mm -hmm. career and maybe even 151. But uh, we've covered plenty. Anything else we wanted to get to before we flip the page to Chapter 2 and hear from Zane? I think we go and talk to Zane. Let's do it. But before we get there... I'm going to read. You're going to read. I'm going to read. You're going to read. Let's, uh, which I got, this is a good one. This one caught my eye right mm. away. So before we get to Zane, obviously we want to shout out Explore Minnesota, our sponsor. That second intermission interview, second period interview is always presented by Explore Minnesota. As snowflakes flutter softly to the ground outside, there's no better time to drape a fuzzy robe across your shoulders and engage in some much-needed relaxation. Mm. This winter, embrace the season's slower pace and spirit of rejuvenation with a trip to the sauna or spa. Plan your dream trip at exploreminnesota.com. Are you a robe guy? Oh, I am a robe guy. Are you? Definitely, yep. I got one for my wedding. Uh, one of my, be my best buddies, actually, was on a registry, but he got it for me. And Yeah, in, in the mornings, it's key, especially in the winter. It's 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 yeah, key. You gotta, just, are you a robe guy? I'm not, and it's it's oh, funny. Man. I had this conversation with my robe brother. Robe and slippers all day. I had day. This, funny, this conversation with my brother the other day because we're doing, like, a family, like, Secret Santa kind of thing. And he was trying to figure out, like, oh, he's like, I don't know what to put in. And he just sent something to the group. He's like, I might just ask for a robe. And I was like, I don't know if you're a robe guy. Don't sleep on robes. That's all I'm going to say. You like when you're at the hotel, do you throw the robe on? Most of the hotels we stay at don't offer the robe. <laughs> no. If you're at a hotel with a robe, do you take advantage of the robe? No. No. Hotels. No. I want my own robe. Be your own robe. Yeah, I want my own robe. You have a monogram, BG. No, I don't. That seems a little extra. Uh, I'm not that much. extra. Too flashy. Just a good, right, simple, enough. white, sturdy, heavy robe. Keeps you warm. All right. Solid. Cool. It's well, real solid. We'll see if Zane's a robe guy. That's robe talk. <laughs> Let's, Let's talk to Zane. To Zane. <laughs> that's funny. Are you a robe guy? Are you going to say, are you a sauna guy? No. On to period two of Riding the Bus, the official I Am a Wild podcast. This is episode 26, and with us we have a guy who knows a lot about this league, a lot about this building now. You're one of the most celebrated goaltenders in franchise history, Zane. I'm not sure if you know that or not, but welcome to the podcast, and thanks so much for parking some time for us here today, Zaner. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, that's uh, we'll ha we'll have a good time here. Always do, Zane. You're someone that we've really been looking forward to having on because we don't have enough time here today. To you and you and I could sit and we could talk about anything but hockey. Uh, you're such a fascinating guy. You have so much more than just the goalie that you are, which is an incredible one at that too, but. We always start this before we really dive into this. We want to make people feel like they're on the bus. They're sitting next to Zane McIntyre. And if they were on the bus sitting next to Zane McIntyre, they'd have to bring their pocketbook with them back, playing cards in the oh, back yeah. of the book, that, yeah. or the bus, that's for sure. But tell us a great bus story because I know you've probably got thousands of them. Oh, man, yeah. Like you said, I could uh, probably rattle a couple off. But uh, one that kind of comes to mind, um, just the first bus story, I actually wasn't on it the first leg, but it would have been when I first signed in uh, here in Minnesota or in Iowa. Um, you guys are coming from Winnipeg, I think it was. You guys hit a snowstorm, had to reroute, <laughs> I remember flew well. into, I don't know where you guys fly into. Lansing. Lansing, and then bust in like a whiteout snowstorm to GR. Ended up meeting you guys there, and then, uh, yeah, the first uh, uh, card game of that was pretty fun, and couple cards were being checked and table almost got flipped so a couple guys were getting a little fired up um and then yeah uh i'd say another time too was uh 
just when one of the bus broke down, we had to uh, switch buses. I think it was in GR again. So for whatever reason, we've been having uh, some hard luck with uh, with Grand Rapids. So we had to switch buses. That took a little bit. But, uh, yeah, those are two that come to mind. Um, I'm sure if I thought about it a little bit more, I probably had a couple more exciting, uh, exhilarating stuff uh, that happened. But we ride a bus for eight hours. There's really not much you can do. <laughs> you know, you go stir crazy and uh, just play cards and, go from there and you do it's incredible actually even on the longer bus trips when that first wheel turns you guys have already been playing and when that last rotation of the last wheel in the trip is finishing up you're still playing you guys don't stop it's non-stop back there the cards that get played so the i got so much stuff to ask you about on the card side of things firstly what people probably don't know is that the card table that is used on the bus was made handmade by none other then Zane McIntyre. Yeah, handyman McIntyre. Tell us about is. how you built that. Yeah, uh, just went to Home Depot. I've, I kind of have, I don't know, not a recipe, but uh, the the framework uh, from previous card tables that I've built. Uh, other so you teams. built multiple. So you've done this before. Yeah, this is probably version seven that I oh got. Oh my god! Wow. Um, Do you have all of them still? No, no, yeah, I leave disappeared, them. Disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I leave them with a the team. It's your wherever. legacy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so we signed the card tables on the back and leave them there. So that's awesome. First one we did was with Adam Paler. Paler, excuse me, is how you pronounce it. And uh, we we played in Providence together. That was our first one that was made. Uh, two more were made after that in Prov. Uh, we, I got one still kicking around in Lehigh, I think. I got a Snapchat from a buddy the other day saying, like, showing the picture of the table and <laughs> still kicking, which is cool. And, uh, yeah, just built the one here. Uh, there's two models. There's the, the varsity table and then the JV table. So it depends on which, uh, which bus we take. Like the coach bus we had usually is the JV table because it just fits in the aisle. Um, the other one, when we take the sleeper bus or... Uh, the spaceship, the double-decker, will bring out uh, the cooler <laughs> table, and uh, that's, uh, like, physically made into a cooler and has, like, all the placements on it and stuff, too. So, uh, yeah, each table gets a little bit better a as we go. So, and, yeah, there's nothing to do but uh, to play cards on, on the bus and have a good time. It's why I led with we could sit and talk about anything but hockey with you, Zane, because there's and this is the case with just about every hockey player too but you especially there's way more than just the guy that we see kicking pucks out of the net behind us here at wells fargo arena to you and i didn't know you'd made so many of them that's great well no wonder you zipped the one out when you first got here yeah. very very quickly when you first got to the club and figured that out i know it was such a big part of the back end there another side of that of the card side who are the sharks and who are the minnows? Ooh. And, oh. and we can maybe <laughs> we can maybe even do expand it into you know you've been here now for for three seasons. Uh, tell us about you know we, we we don't have to keep it to just this year's team either. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. No, no pun intended. But pun, puns are very well okay. intended on this. On okay. this. So yes, dad jokes. Puns. We can maybe make a couple dad jokes in later. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. We had. Uh, a couple guys this year that are pretty good card players. Uh, O'Leary's pretty decent. Um, I'd say Kessie's a pretty good. He's kind of a quiet guy, snake in the weeds. You know, just sits back and watches everybody kind of go after each other. And pretty soon he's he's up there uh, on the on the high ta high side of the score sheet. Um, last year Joe Hicketts was pretty good. Otten Bright was pretty solid as well. I think they always were in, were in the green, making some money. Uh, free donations would be uh, Beckman, <laughs> uh, Gervais was uh, known to be throwing 
he might have yeah he, he might have been donating so much money to the table it was <laughs> that's where i got all my diapers and stuff i was, <laughs> bought the diapers with last year um but that was good uh and then even before that too that that year before that i'd say uh shazi was a player and then uh nichols too um he was he was a good player and we ended up getting uh, Milne back a couple times, and he donated some money too. So, yeah, a couple names there. Um, but, uh, yeah, eh, it's fun. Eh, it is fun, but usually it all evens out for the most part. Um, but there's a couple guys that can get a little streaky and yeah, lose some money and, and gain some money too. Nichols being Cody McLeod for anybody tuning in at home. Correct. Make sure they pick that up. Yeah, sorry. Is yeah. this like, Oh, no, not your fault. Is it like a – so the guys who are playing cards, is it the same group every time? Is it a – an exclusive group you need to invite back to come play at the table how does all that work yeah it's it's usually a veteran group group back there but there's a couple times we actually we had uh maybe one guy on we gave him a yellow card uh beckman there was one play <laughs> that he made uh during a game last week where um was didn't sit too well with the table so he was uh close to being uh booted out of the card table mm. but i'm sure he was quiet about that too yeah, yeah. probably didn't say anything no about exactly it. very quiet about <laughs> it but uh yeah we had a we had to take a vote silent vote you know he put his head down everybody uh raised their hands or not if we wanted to kick him out and uh he got voted back in so an, an intentional decision by him or was like an honest mistake uh so there's what's like, your take on it as the guy you know really spearheading the table it's a it's a gray area it's a gray rule so like uh if you get zero like right on the money which is kind of hard to do um like you you don't have to pay anything so he he was neutral it was zero and the only way i guess he wouldn't know that is like if he's keeping score mm-hmm. you know like there's only one scorekeeper so everybody just plays their own cards mm-hmm. and uh yeah the only way he would have known that is he was a scorekeeper and yeah, he was kind of doing it and intentionally and no one really caught on till there was maybe two three hands left ah. and, <laughs> yeah a little little dicey for the most <laughs> part but he uh yeah he got it the kudos to him he got it right right at zero and he didn't have to pay anything hmm. interesting yeah it's always always nice to know like who tries to cheat the system? You know what I mean. Yeah, it's tough when you're when you're playing for money, though. You don't want to be that guy. No. Well, exactly. No. Yeah, and it uh, yeah it gets a little heated every once in a while. I mean, hour six on the bus, and <laughs> you're rolling in at two, three in the morning. <laughs> tempers can get a little, I'm sure, a little up there. You know, I'm sure. law of proximity. You two feet away from each guy, and you sitting there staring at him for six hours. Mm-hmm. It's something's bound to. Uh, a fuse is bound to, <laughs> to blow or something. Good, it know? brings everybody together, though, which is huge. Like stuff like that's why these bus trips. I think we've talked about it a lot. It's obviously it can be a pain to have to bus everywhere, and especially these long can trips. Be. But it yeah can be brings is is brings ev- is. brings everybody together <laughs> though, which is huge. Yeah, for, it, you know camaraderie and everything. It's kind of what you want to make of it too, right? Like that's why maybe put a little bit of effort into these tables, right? Is because we're we're on there for so long, mm-hmm. we might as well try and enjoy it as much as we can um so you can make what you want of it i guess you know you can stare at your screen and watch movies or do whatever or you could yeah play cards with the boys and have a good time and makes it go by a little quicker so i don't know try a little something for everybody yeah decides to do the latter and i i enjoy it so it's it's been fun nice speaking of movies i just learned this recently but and i saw it in the flesh you have an incredible, incredible D, uh, DVD case of movies. 
And at, at one point in one of these trips, again, it was three in the morning. I heard you back there listing them off. You were just one after another after another. And I've heard other people on the team talk about this, this incredible amount. I mean, it's how many DVDs do you think you have in that case? And uh-huh. and walk me through like if you're given a if you're trying to sell the, if you were trying to sell this case, which I don't think you'd ever do. <laughs> what would be the movies you'd be saying? Yeah, we got this in there. We got this in there because I heard a few guys talk about this. They were getting a chance to look through the yeah. book and they were blown away by how many movies and the quality yeah. of specifically bus movies that you have in there. Well, yeah, DVDs are a little prehistoric nowadays, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's more. I'd say more of a booklet. You know, it's uh, we got about probably 30 pages and they have four on each sheet so i don't know do the math i'm not I can't. a mathematician yeah, but no. that's uh 120 yeah, yeah. something like that hey and math yeah there you go <laughs> so uh yeah just over the years just collected it it started in juniors um we'd bus i played in fargo so we we had a lot of hours on Speaking the bus of busing, too. Yeah. yeah so like our furthest trip was to youngstown 24 hours and closest one was yeah, five hours to sioux falls too five hours probably yeah sioux falls so plenty of time on the bus there and yeah, you go to Walmart and you buy the the four pack of like the deluxe Adam Sandler special or uh, like anything along those lines, yeah. and just over the years, just added them up and racked them up. So, got a lot of Adam Sandler, Will Ferrell. Um, that's my boy. Is always a classic. I love. Um, you can get crazy and do like th- movie three hundred. You know that was a kind of a, not a great bus movie, just a lot of loud noises, but cool <laughs> a lot action. Of action. Yeah, a yeah. lot of action. Um, matrix stuff like that um yeah just a lot of a lot of classics still uh starsky and hutch um mcgruber oh all time all time mcgruber sounds like comedies are a good bus movie you're looking for something that's gonna make and and i was gonna i was gonna ask that just because a movie is a great movie like let's say shawshank redemption not a good bus movie. No. What makes a good collection? Is in the so would you put that on in the bus though? No, no, you can't. Why not? Um, he you gotta like be into it, actually enjoy it because mm-hmm. yeah, like everything adds up at the end. Obviously with Shawshank, right? Like in the grand finale, but he's doing all the the work to get up to it. Be hard the, to pay attention to all that on the bus, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. There's a difference between a great movie and a great bus movie. You need mm-hmm. a movie That's that you can to like, get to. Yeah. At times of it, if you're zoned out, having a conversation, be able to just dive back in and just pick it right back up. Yeah, and just laugh mm-hmm. and and kind of tune out. It's more of like uh, I don't know, just a feel good. You need a little feel good movies and, mm-hmm. and something you can have a, have a chuckle to. This is the most time we've spent on the bus on this podcast for sure, <laughs> for sure. I mean, and I, I'm not surprised by that because, again, you're the master of ceremonies when it comes to all things that happen on the bus oh, for yeah. the Iowa Wild. Um, I, I want to pivot a little bit into more of the goaltending fraternity. And, and anybody that's listened to this podcast has heard me talk about my, uh, my feelings on goaltenders. I'm fascinated by them because I look at goaltenders like I look at pitchers in baseball or quarterbacks in football. It really is the singular most important position in hockey, and I wouldn't say that if I, I would say that if I was sitting next to a defenseman or a forward too, because yeah. the mental side of goaltending to me is fascinating. And the other thing I've been told about goalies, they're either the funniest guy on the team or they're the weirdest guy on the team. Checks what do you out. think your teammates would say about you? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hope they'd say, uh, yeah, one of the funnier guys. But, uh, I mean, I do some weird stuff, too, just as every goalie. But maybe yeah. uh, behind the scenes a little bit more. Maybe I hate it a little bit better, I guess. And maybe it's not as, um, I don't know, in the public. Uh, but I think, yeah, I just uh, a little older now. 31 helps that like I can maybe not be the funny, weird goalie. 
but uh, yeah, maybe when I was a little bit younger, I was yeah, maybe the weird goalie. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? But uh, I think I'm a, a regular person and uh, enjoy my time, and obviously like to have a good time with the guys and and enjoy that. But also, I think as I've grown in my career, I've learned yeah, there's a time for everything. You know, there's a there's a time to be funny and joke and hang out with the guys in the locker room. There's time to yeah, get into the gym, work out, and do all the, the stuff you need to do to prepare for your body. And then, yeah, there's a time where you can just completely get away and uh, enjoy stuff away from the rink too. So, yeah, it's uh, the, the light's not always green for every occasion, <laughs> but when there is, uh, yeah, definitely know how to, how to have a good time. You, in a lot of ways, are – an off-ice captain for this team, whether, whether it's putting together team meals or putting together last year's team golf event. I mean, you are very much the guy, you're, you're a glue component of the team to make sure that, yes, the team needs to be cohesive when they're on the ice, but in order to be cohesive out there, you got to have that away from the rink too. How much pride do you take in being that guy and making sure that this team is not just getting done with hockey and then just going home and turning on Netflix? Yeah, um... It's a little bit difficult, more difficult now with the the gaming and all that stuff uh, with the younger kids coming in. But uh, yeah, I take a little pride in that. I mean, I've learned through numerous guys uh, over the years. Tommy Cross uh, is one guy that I I had in Providence that I really looked up to. He just retired, I think it was this past year. And yeah, he kind of, I don't know, as a young guy, you're pretty malleable, right? You you see those other people, you see the older veterans. and I just kind of tried to take some notes from him. Uh, obviously, Nichols last year, too, or two years ago was a great example, too. And, yeah, just the stuff that they did away from the rink, organizing games, um, organizing outings. Um, you just take a little pride in that just because there's a lot more than just a hockey player on our team. There's guys who have families, guys who have significant others, guys who are going through things with family that don't even live here in Iowa. And there's a whole other component is guys overseas, you know, to their families. You know, they're away from <laughs> the people and the, the structure, the lifestyle that they've had for the past how many ever years, too. So, um, yeah, definitely take a lot of pride in that and just having people feel comfortable. And the only way you do that is, like you said, peel back the layers of the onion and, I don't know, get them outside the rink and get them in some maybe more comfortable areas and just uh, – yeah, peel away. So it's it's something that yeah I take pride in, but I'm also a fairly approachable guy and like to uh, I don't know socialize, and I think that helps too. <laughs> I learned that from my mom. So yeah, she <laughs> always talks everybody's ear off, and I think I I could do that as well. Well, and the Zane McIntyre laugh alone is one <laughs> thing that I, I think if anybody's feeling uncomfortable and then they're around you and how jovial you are, I just I was I was talking about it when we were filming the intro for this saying. There are times where I'm sitting at the front of the bus and I'm hammering away at whatever I'm hammering away at, and that great, genuine laugh of yours comes bellowing out from the back, and I can't help but smirk. Yeah. It's a real thing. Like Your impact on the players on this team is very real and very genuine, and a simple thing like the way you laugh, it's such a, it's just one of those laughs where you can't help but smile when you, when you think about yeah. when you really get laughing, when someone's going at it at the card table back there, it's, it's really fun to be a part of. The, the, the nuances of, of who you are as a person, the one thing that stands out to me too about you, Zane, is to be, like you said, 31, still an extremely high-end goaltender at this level. You can't just show up to the rink and put the gear on and play. You treat your body extremely diligently to be at this level at this age. 
I'm curious, was that something that you had always done, or is that something that you've picked up on as you've gotten older and as you've played more and more games in the American and National League? Yeah, um, I think it's been a little bit of both. Um, I think to stay in this game, you have to definitely evolve and like improve on techniques and obviously your body too. Um, but I think growing up, like I had a background of going to college. In college, you lift and you you're kind of your regimen is pretty strict as far as yeah, go to school, come to the rink, warm up, do all the stuff before ice, get done with practice, and then get in the gym and start lifting weights. So I've uh, been fortunate enough to like experience that where I know it's it's important to lift and it's important to do that because I'm going to feel better on the ice. Um, and saying that too, I definitely pick up some things from what I are, have things that I rely on and have a foundation from those college days, but also have picked up things along the way. Um, changed agents a couple of years ago. Uh, a guy I work with, my agent has another specific s- strength coach that he has, or uh, kind of a goalie guru whisperer type of guy that he, he does some stuff too. So I've implemented some of his things and, uh, yeah, obviously work with numerous trainers for the teams that I've played with and uh, have picked up on things like that too. So I think, yeah, A, it's been there. B, I've been a product of my environment going through college. But then C, too, just try and keep evolving because, yeah, game happens ch- quick and mm-hmm. things change and got to be able to, uh, I don't know, have the body. And that's basically my tool, right, is to how I function and how I perform. So got to get that thing uh, dialed in and keep it keep in the right frame of mind where so i've come to and i come down to the locker room if i got to get something from shaky or whatever there are times where i see you're sprawled out on the floor and you got the toe spacers in oh yeah where does <laughs> where did the toe spacers come from why do you do it what's the purpose of it um so there's technically excuse me one second there was technically like two things or two theories that you can do um there's a bottom-up theory and okay. a top-down theory so bottom up is like, how are your ankles? Are they strong? And like stuff like that. So that's mm-hmm. why I wear the toe spacers is like if your feet are in line, your ankles should be good okay. and your knees should be good then your hips and your back and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, the other approach is like your atlas on your neck. If that's in line, your shoulders should be good. Your low back should be good. Your hips, stuff like that too. So there's two theories that I kind of not live and die by, but two theories that I enjoy um, kind of. And delving into, um, and the toe spacers are the bottom-up theory. Like, I'm grounded. I have all, everything in alignment, and my feet can properly function or efficiently function. And uh, from there, the whole rest of my body can too. Has, has that been a thing through your entire career? Did you pick that up at some point during your professional journey? Were you doing that back in through, like, your time in North uh, Dakota? No, that was, I think, probably five years ago, I'd say roughly, just before COVID. Uh, there's a thing called, like, Foot Collective. I think they're based out of Iowa, or sorry, Ottawa, and um, they did some stuff that I just you scroll through Instagram or th- scroll through Twitter, like just came up and just took a look at it, and sure enough, did a little online seminar, tried it out, and yeah, just kind of oh, this this kind of cool, like uh, my feet feet feel better. Oh, my hips are kind of a little bit more lubed up and feel better. Sure. Um, so yeah, I just keep evolving keep picking up little things that uh hopefully work out some some you pick up and you try once and you throw it out the door but this is one thing that's kind of stuck what are some of those other i mean you talked about being you know goalies can be a little bit out there right what are what are some of the other you know traditions rituals superstitions that you've kind of got that you know fans may not know um 
just after practice, trying to cool down. Um, I think there's a stretching routine that I usually do. Uh, that's probably, I wouldn't say superstition, but that's a, like a nuance that I try to do. Uh, getting older and stuff, like <laughs> your body's not as limber as it was back in the I day. Get it. Uh, I get it. I know yeah. saying your body's still pretty limber, though. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm going to argue with you on that yeah. one. Watching you make saves, man. Yeah, we're trying to keep <laughs> it as limber as we can. Uh, cold tubs is another thing that's kind of been, I don't know, you look at it on social media, like it's kind of been a little mm-hmm. bit more prev- prevalent. Um, Wim Hof, like, started that maybe, or he's kind of the, the guru with that. Uh, been doing some more cold tubs here and there. Uh, and that's been something I've tried. And uh, nuances, superstitions, maybe. I don't know. Um, just taping the stick the, the same way for how many ever years now. Um, there's this little thing in our stick. It's called the trigger. So I switched to that. That's been kind of mm-hmm. nice. Um, More comfortable yeah, holding the stick. Yeah, just holds my stick. Uh, I guess I don't have to work as hard just to, like, squeeze it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So then all your muscles in your arm aren't going to crap over. We do this for... 180 days out of the year you know what i mean mm-hmm. like you're not squeezing yeah, that thing absolutely. all the time so uh that's been kind of a nice little little change and yeah just uh i'd say those 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 things nice zane th- that was such a case in point of i think what i was even well done mr journalist that was a case in point of what i was trying <laughs> thank to get you to there. thank you came prepared yeah yes. yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> nice nice is is <laughs> It's it's that's why goaltending to me and, and not that players don't have these little details too, but man, the goaltending side really like the little little minute things. That's what's crazy to me. And the littlest thing like spacing in your toes can make the world of difference. I'm curious on the other side of that, lots of things have probably been thrown at you over the years about try this, try this, try this, try that, try this equipment, try this. Yeah. Is there anything that you think about and I'm not gonna ask you to name who said it or anything, but that Someone said to you, like, to try this or maybe adopt this, and you were just like, this is insane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah. Or even if it's another goalie maybe that you've heard was that was told this to. Like, what strange things have you heard that have thrown out? this thing the other day. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd say there's a couple people that have, yeah, reached out on social media about, like, their products and it's stuff. It's a good start, social and media. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's, like, this um, – so there's a crease, right? And then there's like a little plastic band that goes around it that keeps you, uh, so you s- keep your depth, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. when you move around the crease, like you hit this, this thing blocks you from going back, right? So like, I don't know, it was, it's like, yeah, thanks, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. So I, that was one thing. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, pool Pilates was another thing that was suggested. Um, I just uh, I'm good on that. Uh, <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, you know, else? like yeah. the, the you get the floaty weights and you go back and forth. You know what I mean? Uh, I'll get there when I'm 60, maybe. You <laughs> yeah. know, but I uh, I just see you like at the YMCA <laughs> yeah, with a bunch of like it's not it's older not, women. Yeah, it's, it just wasn't for me. So yeah. I, I was gonna try that out, but uh, I actually got someone suggested Pilates though, like on the actual uh, table. Like, yeah. Uh, and I actually did that and. I still implement that here and there, uh, which is nice. But, uh, yeah, those would probably be the two that I were kind of scratching my head at. We do actually, um, like, eye training guy, too, in Minnesota. And love them, and we do great stuff. But there was one time we we tried to bring out, they're called strobe glasses. Um, I've heard of these. Yeah, so they just literally take your field of vision out for, like, a half a quarter of a second and then flash back and there's different levels you can do. And we tried doing them on the ice one time. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, like actual 
pucks coming at us and it was underneath our mask and uh it just like fogged up so like on top of it you can't see because of the strobes it's blacking out and it's fog and it's foggy <laughs> so it was like it was tough and this was great i'm sure yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> these pucks are coming in and all of a sudden like you get one out of your head and you're like all right I mean, this is good we'll we'll put these to the side yeah for now. okay yeah, yeah all right so those would be the couple that i'd kind of scratched my head at and just yeah never try again but off ice we'll do the strobes and with tennis balls and it's perfect yeah yeah it's great i've seen uh whether i've seen hunter jones do it here i've seen yes do it here i've seen you do it here yeah it's 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 a funny look because those glasses are they're, they're not made like ray-bans no like you know they are they almost look like something you'd see like a, an 85 year old man wearing cruising in the the big van down yeah. the road like they're they're big and they're blocky and but what I guess is the idea behind that, you know, not that you're selling it for anybody, but what does that maybe help you do when you're off the ice working on those tennis ball routines? Yeah, so basically it makes your field of vision, like, more difficult. You can only see, the uh, like, the ball um, come off the board. We throw it, throw it off the board. So you can only see it come off the board, like, one, two, maybe two, three times before it gets to your hand. Um, so it makes it obviously more difficult to do that. And then you take it off, and it's just, like, it's a breeze. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're catching everything, and even you'll throw it even harder and faster. Um, so you basically break it down in its simplest form and slow it down by, I don't know, not seeing it. <laughs> you know, it's a concentration one, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, essentially. Um, maybe having a harder time explaining it than it actually is, but it's... No, the goalie nerd in, the yeah. goalie nerd fan in me is geeking out right now on this kind yeah, of stuff. This is, yeah. this is really interesting it stuff. Basically, yeah, you only see it at so many points in its actual trajectory that, uh, like, it makes you work harder, but then when you take it off, like, you see it going all the way there and all the way back, so it just slows everything down. It's like taking... It's like training wheels and then taking the training wheels off, and yeah. now you're ripping. Are the best goalies in the world... Are they the best because of what they can do athletically or because of who they are mentally? Um, I'm sure it's a combination of both, but yeah. if you had to pick one or the other, what do you think is the most important of those traits? Yeah, I think, well, yeah, athleticism is great, but, um, yeah, the mental side, I think, is even more important. And then, yeah, on top of that, too, is, yeah, just they have so much, I don't know, tools in their toolbox that they can rely on that makes them so good. And, yeah, athleticism is maybe below... Yeah, the mental edge that they have. How do you get up after a bad goal goes in? Uh, there's actually, yeah, there's different ways you can do it. Um, confidence type level, um, stuff like that. Um, those two are probably two big keys that I've worked with a guy on um, over the years. And, yeah, sometimes you might not you might not come up with a save. We like to phrase it that way, too, because it gives you more power. Um, if I'll you phrase say it on the, broad, on the right? broadcast Yeah, exactly. Like, yep. if you think about it, though, like, you oh, I let up a goal, like how, I don't know, diminishing or how bad does that sound, or I didn't come up with the same. Again, talking about the mental side, you know what these I mean? are the things so, you have to do, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you phrase a little bit better, um, so that gives us a little bit more power. But, yeah, you if you say you don't come up with a save, uh, how do you reset? You just, uh, I usually try to take a sip of water, uh, make sure that, it, like, I can feel it in my mouth so it kind of grounds you and, like, gets away from that. Uh negative thing that happened and then yeah smile's a big thing uh like it just happened so what like you move on yeah. and then next save and then uh the hype level and confidence confidence was those two hype level is like you have to visualize or move strongly uh, that gives you confidence so you visualize a big save that you come up next or you move 
in a confidence way we like to blow off it's what's called an anchor so it like you see me doing these little wing things every once in a while that's my anchor that's what it's called I have seen you do those things. Mm-hmm. Now I know that. Yeah, now you know. Unearthing some stuff here. Yeah, we, you know. We've talked about this before. We did a little feature on it last year, but i got to go back to it. The courteous keeper mentality, bringing pucks out to face-off <laughs> dots after the, after the whistle. Again, I've been, I've, I've been around the game a long time. I haven't been doing broadcasting that long yet, coming up on my eighth season doing it now, but I've still never seen it. Yeah. You're still the only one I've ever seen to do it. Tell us why. I saw Jesper do it once. He might, he might I was going to say, I, I wonder, he where, wonder where he got that <laughs> from, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, there's sometimes where it goes the other way. Like, guys will catch the puck, and they'll just throw it out. Like, so I, 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 it's not me to do that. You know, I like to maybe be a little bit more incognito and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think it's just, like, kind of a double-edged sword. Like, hey, I'm going out here. Like, oh, that save was so easy. Like, here. Here you go. Here's the puck, or like B. Then like the refs kind of like it. They, our league is there's some scrums and stuff that happen after the whistle, so they have other things they have to yeah. attend to. So I'll just throw it over here, and when you guys are ready, like let's uh, let's get back to it, and I'll keep stopping the puck. So it's just a little bit of that mentality, but I don't know, just something that I've I've always done, and um, kind of brings a little humility to my game too, and just. Uh, Gives me a little edge because I can maybe make a big save, big glove save or something. Look at the guy and then just be like, "Hey, here you go, buddy." Like, that's nothing. <laughs> Can of corn, you know. So it's just, I don't know, a little bit of a mentality type of thing there. Speaking of big saves, is there is there a top save in your mind? Whether it was a moment of a game or a big windmilling double pad stack save or something that I say the greatest save in the story of Zane McIntyre's <laughs> career to this point. What comes to mind for you? Um, I don't know. That's actually a good question. I've made a couple saves, I guess, in my time. <laughs> a few. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there was one against Tucson last year. Uh, puck came off my pad to the right. Made a big save with my paddle. Um, there's one kind of similar like that when I was playing for Lehigh that I did uh, a nice little save on Zach Trotman too. He's coming down from the point. Um, and then there's another one at college. There was a breakaway or like a penalty shot. Um, made a big glove save on this little lefty guy. Um, so that was that was nice as well. Um, those would be three I could list mm-hmm. off. Um, yeah. Uh, mm, yeah. Yeah. Those three. Yeah. 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 Those three are pretty good. What's the What's the flashiest, most fun save you like to make? Glove saves are always Glove great. Save. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that'll give you a little confidence uh, boost coming back. Like, yep, oh, bring yeah. on the next one. Yeah, exactly, yeah. for sure. Um, those are always great because, yeah, the play obviously stops after that too. Like you make a glove save and everyone's like, ooh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> oohs and the ahs. Yeah, and then from there, like the play stops, everyone's like you kind of have the, the stage for a bit, right, when in other times mm-hmm. the only stage you'd have is if you, the red light turns on. So and you didn't come up with one. Yeah, exactly. Yep. You didn't come up didn't with come a save. So, yeah. Um, Zane, I only have a few more questions for you. The, the one that I was going to just – I didn't have it on my rundown, but I just thought of it when we were talking about that. When goalies get in – to zones. I, I think about this season in Milwaukee when you made a career high of 45 saves and it just looked like they weren't going to beat you. It, it took literally a perfect shot to beat you in over. I mean, that was an insane goal that was scored by Denis Gurionov. Do I don't want to call it an out of body experience, but when you really got it going, is it just purely instinct? Like, and you and you just like, I dare you to beat me. Is that kind of what's going on in your head when you really have a night going like you had that night in Milwaukee? And I'm sure dozens and dozens of other times in your career. Yeah. Um, 
I think if you ask any athlete, like when they play their best, they're like, oh yeah, it's just another day or it's just uh, everything seemed to like slow down, they call it, right? Like you just get in a flow state. I think that's probably where you try and, or where you find that you have the best games is just when you're flowing out there and yes, it seems like you're going to make every save, right? Like every save seems not simple, but seems easier than maybe when you're not in that flow state and you're fighting it. So uh, yeah, we just try and get to that <laughs> state as often as we can and try and stay in that. And there's different ways to do that. And still obviously experiment, experimenting to this day to try and stay and maintain that flow state. But uh, yeah, there's things we can do, breath work, stuff like that, um, that we try to accomplish to get into that state. But yeah, there's the best games you have are when you're just, you're going out there and doing it. And it's just, yeah, like you said, just instinct and you're just, you're just going, you're flowing, you're making saves, and it's it does seem easy. And then there's the other nights too, where you're, you're fighting it, and you're just you're you're not breathing, you're not doing everything, everything's just tense, and you're rigid, and yeah, it's uh, kind of a a crazy game that we play. But yeah, some day some nights are obviously better than others. You, I want to go back to earlier in your career. So you, I don't mean Ben, we're talking about earlier. You made your uh, NHL debut against Minnesota, yep. which is coincidentally enough that now you're playing for their organization. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, you also got a chance to dress for an outdoor game at Gillette with the Bruins. Is that right? No, actually, I wasn't. Uh, that was the year before. The year that before like Montreal, I think. Right. So what about? was what was that experience like being able? Because I mean, I, I've never been a part of an outdoor game. You see yeah. them all on TV. I know Minnesota played in one uh, last year. Yep. I mean, that's just got to be such a cool experience playing in a venue that big with that much energy around the, and yeah. all the festivities and everything. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. It was, uh, it was pretty crazy. Um, there's one too, I actually played in college. We played in Omaha against UNO. That was, right. that was pretty cool too. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, the atmosphere is nuts. Um, the ice conditions kind of <laughs> dictate, I guess, what That's always what's the biggest thing you hear. I yeah. mean, the, 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 the games they had in Tahoe and these games, some of these warmer weather places now, it's it's, it's a pretty tough. big It's a pretty big factor. Mm -hmm. Like, that's uh, just, you need good ice to play hockey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's uh, the, kind of you the... You don't say. Yeah, yeah. right? So it's, uh, it, it's, it's pretty cool, though, but it's, everyone circles it on the calendar, right? Mm -hmm. Every year, the outdoor game or the winter classic... Uh, that game specifically at Gillette was a big, uh, big series, right? Or big, big rivalry, right? Montreal and, and Boston. So yeah, just the hype leading up to it is great. And then you get to the day and it just kind of flies by. So it's, I don't know, trying to be grounded and take it all in, but also like being prepared and ready to go. But you're also getting pulled different directions with all the mm -hmm. chaos that's happening. But sick experience. What do you remember about the you know getting the call and finding out you were making your NHL debut and and how was like take us through kind of that story oh man that's a while ago uh <laughs> yeah uh, um got the call and uh knew a couple guys were injured up top um didn't know the situation really too much but they said hey you're going up I was like all right cool <laughs> <laughs> nice awesome <laughs> this is fantastic so uh yeah I got uh all my family and people that i needed to contact contacted them uh made sure that they're all taken care of and they all figured that out team services like someone like a benny for boston you know what i mean talked to those people they got everything all situated and uh came on in relief against minnesota in boston which was pretty cool um it was kind of i'd say that it was kind of more 
enjoyable in a sense where you don't have to go throughout the whole day or the whole night before thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, right? Like I knew against Minnesota, I was backing up. All right, go in there, have a great pregame skate throughout the day, take my nap, do all that stuff, but not that expectation. Like expectation is kind of a tricky word, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? You could probably uh, steal the enjoyment a little bit of, yeah. of it, right? You were just sitting there going like, Look at where I am right now. Yeah, right. Or if you're dialing it in, you're probably more like I gotta do my things. And I gotta be it. Yeah, I'm in my re- routine and pressure. Yeah, and you're putting more stock into something. That inter- really good, inter- really good perspective there, Zane. Yeah, yeah no you kidding. know what I mean. Like if you're starting, like you put more stock into. Oh my gosh, this is my first game in the NHL. You know, what I mean, that's maybe what happened in my actual first start against New York Rangers. We're playing an MSG, had all the family out there, and yeah, just maybe made it a bigger thing than it needed to be and well that's what day. new york does and it's yeah. in madison MSG. square garden i mean <laughs> my yeah, gosh tough. yeah it was a little Jeez. tricky playing against yeah. Han- uh, henrik lundquist too in the first start so yeah it was <laughs> it was pretty crazy There's nothing not big about that Saint. exactly <laughs> yeah. so yeah. um yeah it was i mean crazy couple couple weeks right you don't know yeah you know, i got sent down to the american league played there for a couple weeks i got called back up and sure enough yeah played played the game and yeah, and then got my first start, and then from there, guys are still injured. You don't really know what's happening. Living a quarter mile at a time, and just yeah, going from there. So first, first start at MSG. Second start was against Carey Price in in Montreal. So that was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, third one was in uh, Carolina. So I think Cam Ward was the goalie there too. So a lot of fun, a lot of chaos, Three a lot of emotions. Goalie luminary names too yeah. there. Yeah, Jeez, for sure. Wow. Um, you're a great co-host, Joey. You you led me perfectly into my final question for you. That's Zane, what I'm here for. <laughs> and this, I've just relished this, Zane. This has been just fantastic. One thing that I, I think is so neat about goalies is, and it's starting to happen a little bit with players too with the skate customization, but you get to share a little bit of who you are, not only in your pads, but especially in goaltending masks. And we could do a whole podcast on goaltending masks. That might even be out there somewhere there in the world yeah. right now. But your mask, one thing that is always a staple on it is your grandmother, a really important part of your story. For any fans that – I know we, we showed your mask a little bit last season, but for any yep. fans that haven't seen – well, this year's mask too, sh- walk us through the, the, the awesome cartoon of your grandma that you have on all of your masks. Yeah. What is the, the symbolism of it? What does it look like, and why is it on every mask that Zane McIntyre has ever worn? Um, so, yeah, just uh – it's just a, a drawing, basically. It was a fundraiser for my uh, grandma's class uh, she taught at the University of North Dakota. She's an oc- occupational therapist there, and uh, the students there put a fundraiser together, and uh, it so happened they were sell- selling T-shirts and, like, sweatshirts, and this actual character is what they use, and it's just my grandma. Uh, curly hair, uh, wired glasses, big hoop earrings, uh, she was notorious for hammering Diet Cokes. Uh, so she got Diet Coke in one hand and then uh, a little cigarette in the other because she just, <laughs> back in the day, they they could, that was the thing to do, right? They smoked. Them. Yeah, they yep. were slinging them. And, yeah, she was grinding the, the midnight hours and correcting papers and all that stuff. And I uh, just, yeah, loved her, loved her cigarettes. So, uh, yeah, that was the character that they came up with. And. Uh, she's been such a, she was such an inspiration in my life. Um, growing up as me, my mom, my sister, and my grandma, and, and not the wrong way, not the right way, but it was just our way that we did it. And uh, yeah, she was took a lot of, I don't know, obviously time in her life to in, in drive us to hockey practices, drive my sister. My sister played as well, take her as well. Um, 
then obviously financially too playing hockey is not <laughs> a cheap uh cheap sport at all and she did a great job helping us out both obviously uh traveling but then also yeah the gear and all that fun stuff so uh big influence in my life and every time yeah i, I get a new mask she's always on the back quote unquote got my back <laughs> as we as we move through the year and just uh always a staple to have there her there all the way from the fabled town of Thief River Falls, Minnesota, home of the Prowlers. Yeah. I don't know if there's any other Prowlers nicknames I've ever heard. I think they might be the only one. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah up in Thief River, baby. Yeah. Represent. Yep. Yeah. Zane, this has been a real treat. Thanks so much for giving us so much time here today uh, and for peeling back so many layers of the goaltending onion for us. Oh, yeah. Again, this is really riveting stuff, and I just I can't say enough about goalies. I can't say enough about you, and thanks for this. Yeah. No, my pleasure. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. And yeah. Anytime. <laughs> Thanks to Zane McIntyre for what we knew would be a really fascinating chat. He's a fascinating guy. Great stuff from Zane. Thank you to him for giving us some time here on an afternoon away from the rink, here in the rink. And Joey, when I think about Zane McIntyre, we alluded to it a bit there in that, that chat, but his laugh is something it's one it's so loud it is so infectious it's hard to not smile and i think about it on the bus mainly because especially after a win he's the as we talked about it in the in the episode he's the ringleader of the cards that happen in the back of the bus and he made the card table he, he did he did and we i i always get a smirk on my face when i hear him that big boisterous loud laugh going on back there um and it's so funny because he's the oldest, he's one of the oldest guys back there, <laughs> yet he is definitely in some ways a child at heart, Zane McIntyre is, and I think that's such an important part for a team to have because not only can he help guide the players, can he help guide Jesper Volstead, and he's up to doing that, mm -hmm. but he's not so far removed from the younger players that he can't relate to him because he right. has that child at heart, youthful mm -hmm. attitude to him, yeah. and he's, he's the perfect veteran in a lot of ways to, to have in a locker room. And when you get, you know, two kids at home, that's your escape, right? You're on yes. the bus with the boys. It's time to just <laughs> let loose and, and have a good time. But uh, and he's he's great. He's the he's the he's the ideal person you mm -hmm. want in your organization to help keep, you know, keep things afloat as a as a goalie. Right. He's a and guy keep, who and you want to keep things light, too. Keep things light, yep, but also a that. great guy to, to mentor young prospects, whether they are goalies or whether they're defensemen no or forward. That's great. And we're talking about a guy who's coming up here on becoming, you know, in the next pick up a couple more wins the all-time winningest goalie in, in Iowa Wild history so like this guy's you know he's phenomenal for us yes. and he's about to you know assuming things all go well he's going to cement himself in you know the Iowa Wild record books already the all-time already already all all saves, saves leader, leader yep. and I believe games played as well yeah yep. yeah so, so he's coming up on wins he's too, knocking which him is, down which is crazy those it's always when you, when you talk about like records especially on the AHL side it's tough because there's so much there's turnover a lot more consistently yeah. um when you get guys who are a little bit older I mean you see some guys who set AHL markers it's that those are very very impressive and those aren't easy feats to hit so those are things to certainly be proud of I think if you hit those marks well and this isn't the Coachella Valley Firebirds that right. have been around for a season. Yeah, we're I mean, talking 11 yeah. seasons. Believe it or not, for some of the fans that are listening at home thinking, man, I've been a season ticket holder for 11 seasons. Yes, it's been over a decade now. So this, these records are starting to mean more and more mm -hmm. and more as the years expound on themselves. So no question, Zane, uh, a class act both on and off the ice. Uh, looking ahead to December, 
should be a Meet the Team event that's going to be announced here sooner than later for yep. our season ticket holders. Yep. And then uh, some great theme nights, nice certainly for me i know my wife loves it that we typically at least in my time here have spent a lot of time at home in december it's a great month to be at home a lot and for our fans a really good opportunity to ring in the holiday season with us here at wells fargo arena yeah i mean december's i think i think the busiest month of the season for us in terms of games we're home a lot uh we got games on i think it's the fifth eighth ninth twelfth 22nd, 23rd, 28th, and There's 30th. like three midweek games yeah. maybe, like Tuesday, so there's, Wednesdays, There's right? a lot. So yeah. it's two Tuesdays. There's a Thursday. Um, oh, yeah. But Thursday we got some – some. I mean, that Thursday night will be a good one too. That, that one's always the Thursday leading into New Year's Eve, and that's usually a week where everybody's out of school. So yeah. it's not your typical weekday game here. I remember last year it was packed. That was right when we started. We went on that little hot streak too. Uh, nice but to repeat that. The yeah things we got coming up. So that that first big weekend in December, the eighth and the ninth. The eighth is going to be Teddy Bear Toss Night, which is always so much fun. So if you're coming to the game, bring those new, gently, lightly used uh, stuffed animals that you got. And as soon as the Wild score, let them fly. Throw them on the ice. We'll collect them. We're going to donate them to a bunch of. Uh, organizations in the area, nonprofit groups, youth groups, to make sure that they all have uh, bears coming up for the holiday season. The ninth is going to be Wizard Night. Hopefully, the wizard is here and we can make some content with him. Uh, but Wizard Night's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, you're sweating about that. Yeah, one right now, yeah, aren't you? it's going to be. A, yeah. <laughs> but we got a giveaway wizard that night. night, and Nick's not here. We got a giveaway uh, that night. Uh, it's a, a a goalie glove oven mitt. So a, glo- yeah, a glove oven sure mitt. It. It's uh, it's pretty cool. So that'll be a, a cool one for fans to have. Then we've got games on the 22nd and 23rd. That's going to be our Winter Wonderland weekend. The 22nd, Santa will be here. So get your picture with Santa. We'll have uh, ugly sweater-themed mystery pucks being sold on the concourse. And then on Saturday, it's Elf Night. So 20th anniversary of Elf. I think this year, Gallagher. or 25th, we're 20th old, or 25th, man. but uh, it's Jeez, Elf Night, we're so we're going to be giving out ugly sweater scarves, which is going to be great, but lots of Elf-themed activations uh, in, in the arena. I think Salvation Army will be here both days as well, uh, collecting uh, on the entrance like they do with the, the red kettles, so that'll be exciting. And then we get into uh, the 30th is the next big one, which is our New Year's Eve bash. We'll have the post-game fireworks on the ice. Just Love sent the night. music off for that today, so it'll be a pretty cool mashup song that I think people are going to like. And uh, and the next thing you know, it's 2024. and Bringing in the new year? It's going to go by quick. Well, it's going to be here. Before you know it, it's going to be New Year's Day. And then mm. it'll get to February, and it'll slow down. And then I can, yeah. and then I can gripe yeah. and complain. How much Ben be hates February. Salty, salty yeah. broadcaster in yeah. February. Ben hates February. Um, what night is Elf Night? The 23rd. 23rd. Okay. I wonder how many elf quotes I can fit into the broadcast. Oh, quite a few. Yeah, probably. Yeah. We just, we, yeah. We're talking about, uh, on, uh, I mean, if you for Star Wars night, people who've been here familiar, we do like a Star Wars intro theme. We're going to try to do something similar for elf night if we can pull it off. Um, if you've seen, I don't, I don't want to give it up too much. But do you want to go get hit by a taxi in downtown no, Des Moines? No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I guess it wouldn't be giving up too much, but, you know, there's this, this scene of Buddy the Elf when he's, you know, it's discovering New York. Yeah. Then we want to try to do something similar uh, around Des Moines. So we'll uh, we'll see if we can get that and pull that off. And I'm volunteering you for the taxi cab stunt for sure. No. Yeah. No. So Joe, you, you heard it here first. <laughs> Joey Goldstein purposely getting hit by a taxi. No. Right here. No. Uh, riding think, the bus first. I We're going to make that happen. I think not. Do you? So last thing, and then we'll wrap this. I, it was interesting. I was thinking about it on the way up. 
to do this because uh, one of our, our corporate executives came to me about a potential sponsor and some uh, a content idea. Hot takes. Yeah. You're a big hot take guy. I mean, go to this guy's X Twitter, and I mean, you weigh in. You weigh in on a lot. Do I? Oh yeah. I mean, whenever I climb out from under my rock and go on my Twitter on game days. Star Wars jerseys have arrived, by the way. Breaking news. They're here, and they look awesome. Look at that. Yeah, that's just fantastic. Sharp. So, what? You got any hot takes right now? You got any things that you're that are really stuck in your craw recently that have had you? Let me go to my my Twitter page. I guess. (laughs) Let's see. What's my latest hot take? Um, I get the Patriot stuff. We don't have to get into that. No, we actually haven't talked about Boston in a long time on this podcast. You didn't get into it with Zane that much either. No, no. Kind of surprised the guy broke in with the Bruins. No, I just asked a couple questions. Nothing crazy. Um, (laughs) But obviously, I'm going home for Thanksgiving. Going to the, I'm calling it the toilet bowl game. Driving down to New Jersey to watch the Patriots play the Giants. The battle for the battle for the number one pick. True fan. Can't wait. Um, Hot takes. I, I don't. How can you say I have hot takes? All my stuff that I, it's all Iowa Wild Minnesota. You're Wild looking stuff. at your actual posts. Like I would go to like your replies. My replies. You, I feel like you chime in on a lot of stuff. Just you. Just, I just, I just chirp <laughs> just you. Just, just okay. Well, maybe it's a hot take on me. I don't, <laughs> that's another Patriots one. We don't have to get into that. I don't have any. Do I have any hot takes right now? What's grinding my gears? Um, not much, man. I don't wow. have a whole lot right now. I'm sure You're there's in a something. Grateful I can't, mood. It's Thanksgiving I'm, time. Yeah, I'm sure there's something. Yeah. But yeah, you put me on the spot. I was not expecting. Yeah, this, we so didn't plan this I didn't have at planned. all. I just thought about it and said, let's see if we can't get you next time we going record. Down next time we record, if you want to get me worked up on something, I, I probably could come up with. With a thing or two. So you're telling me between now and our next recording, you're going to be that much more active on Twitter because no, no, I've no, 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 I've no, poised no. this to you? No, 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 no. I'm always pretty active, I think. Actually, I used to be way, way more active. But is there any, like, what do you think maybe is, like, the thing that's you know, the thing that's grinding my gears the most right now is, is the Patriots. That's grinding <laughs> my gears. But we don't have to talk about that because that just, yeah, I don't want to get into it. What is maybe... Have you ever gotten in a serious Twitter beef with anyone? Like back and forth, like snapping reply after reply after reply? I'm blocked by Adam Schefter. Oh, how did you pull that off? I made fun of his height. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Silly. I don't know. Wow. It's just dumb. Is that it? Is the only, that's the only person that's blocked you that you know of, Adam Schefter? I think so. Oh, yeah. I got into it with UMass football uh, last year. They posted a picture, or it was a video after. So UMass football, listen, we stink. Um, it's the worst. As an alum, you they can are, speak about this. There's 121 yep. Division One football teams. I think they're ranked 121st. They're terrible. Wow. Um, but last year they go and they they play and they this is a team that maybe wins a game a year. And they went out last year and they beat Stony Brook, not a Division One team. And they posted videos in the locker room after of like the coaches and the players dancing. And I was like, this is ridiculous. You beat Stony Brook. <laughs> And I had UMass super fans coming out of the woodwork in my mentions. I had a uh, coach's wife in my mentions complaining and telling me that, you know, as an alumni, we should be proud, blah, blah, blah. I'm not proud of beating Stony Brook. I'm not. Go beat a Division One team, and then you'll rip me back in. So UMass football, yeah, that, that's just how I feel about it. I don't know. UMass hockey, on the other hand. A different story there. They are, buzzing. they are buzzing right now. Just knocked off uh, 
Providence over the weekend, who is number three, they're number 15, so they're climbing right back into those national ranks. I'm very excited it's to fantastic get them Fantastic program. Boy, Car yep. Coach Carvel's done a heck of a job there Unreal. since coming in. I Incredible. saw a video the other day. They, they had renovated all their facilities and everything, and uh, the Spit and Chicklets guys are doing, like, a university tour. Yeah, yep. And they just showcased all the, the new UMass stuff, and their facilities are unbelievable. So people say maybe best in the country. So. I was talking about this actually with Gavin Hain recently, who played at North Dakota, mm -hmm. and which also has phenomenal. Yes, phenomenal well, I mean facilities. like maybe the best, yeah. at least as far as what I've seen out there in, in the social media sphere. I actually got to see it oh, ten years ago, back when Zane was playing there. Interestingly enough, um, just got to go down and see it when I was a lot younger. But and he was telling me a story. His club got to got to visit. Um, a different professional facility, pro hockey. I forget if it was AHL or NHL, mm -hmm. but um, and it was funny how they were all kind of saying, "Well, this isn't, you know, we've got it better at yeah. UND." And then they were talking with with one of the representatives from the team, and they said, "Well, we also have to pay our players. <laughs> you you guys don't yeah. the money that they've got. They can yeah. put it right into this to, yeah. the, to the building, right?" Um, but it's interesting. These these players that come from blue chip programs like that, whether it's UMass or North Dakota or Michigan or University of Minnesota, I'll probably leave one out here and someone will be angry with me for yeah. leaving it out. How but dare you leave out BC, BU, Denver? There's a lot of them. Minnesota um, State, like how, how dare you? Especially yeah. if they come to the American League, like you got to take a slice of humble pie all of a sudden, mm -hmm. right? I, I'd imagine when Matt Boldy came here, he was like, you know, not no, no disrespect to Wells Fargo Arena. Yeah. We, we have an incredible setup down Phenomenal. there. Phenomenal. Yep. Um, but compared to those places, it's like you you have to eat a slice of humble pie mm -hmm. when you walk into these places, and it makes it that much better when you do get to the National League. Although, again, some of those places may have better facilities than some. Oh, national I'll tell you, I've seen some have. National yep. League facilities, and and what I saw at least in that new mass video on the picture I've seen of the North Dakota yep. video, it beats some NHL facilities by far. Yeah. 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 Well, we've really ran our way down a fun rabbit hole here. Yeah, grinding my gears, I guess. Yeah, yeah that, we went from, let's see, we started with the Patriots and we wound up with NHL facilities and college facilities. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Pretty good. It's crazy. Anything else we missed? No, hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. Yes, happy great, Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Happy, safe, healthy Thanksgiving. Spend time with family. Eat lots of food. And... Uh, I don't know. If, are you a Black Friday guy? Like a Black Friday shopper? I always get a new pair of shoes on Black Friday. You So you go somewhere and you get shoes on Black if Friday? If I can, we won't this year. We'll we'll be in Hershey. Right. Um, so I'll probably do it online. Cyber Monday guy this year? Well, a lot of places do Black Friday deals That's true. They online on, on Friday anyway. Yeah. Right? That's crazy. Who would do something like that? We do. Yeah. We do. <laughs> um, <laughs> starting, so, starting it on Monday. So we'll... Um, I'll usually get a new, a new pair of shoes every year on Black Friday, and then I cycle out an old pair of whether it's kind of kick-around boots like I'm wearing today or a pair of dress shoes. That's usually my, my Black Friday tradition. What new, about you? New boot goofing. Ben Gisselson, <laughs> new boot goofing. Uh, no, I, I stay clear away from those, like the shops and stuff on Friday. Yeah. My brother used to go at like midnight on on thanksgiving it's just like i couldn't think of anywhere i'd rather be less no and i and i go during the i've never crazy. i've never been the midnight chopper and no. I'm, I'm going for shoes I've gone it's a not like times. i'm going to get a tv just, or it, there's a, too uh, many people it's just chaos and I, I don't know why go to the store when you can wait till cyber monday that's how i feel 2023 yeah welcome to 2023 what a, what a millennial <laughs> we should finish with this um thanksgiving is coming up uh when I say Joey Goldstein is grateful for, 
finish that sentence. Oh, we did this last year too. Uh, I don't want to repeat the same thing last year. I mean, la- I, I, not that I'm not thankful for our whole marketing group like I am before. Uh, I think the biggest thing is just, you know, my health and mm-hmm. and family and everything. Like, I, I think things are going well right now. So it's that's probably, you know, where I'm most fa- thankful for everything. We got big things happening in the family this coming year. So it's uh, it's exciting, exciting times. Yeah. You? It is. I feel like I said this last year, but I, I think even more so every year that you get into marriage, and I, I hope someday you'll get to learn about this as well. I, I think recently I've been just extremely grateful. You get to come home to somebody and share your day with them. That's nice to have that, um, whether it was good or whether it was bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been appreciating that more recently. So that comes to mind, just grateful for the camaraderie and companionship that I have in my marriage. Very grateful for that. Marquise, Marquise, what are you thankful for? Yeah, Marquise, might be even easier to go here. There you go. What are you thankful for? Uh, I'd say, yeah, just like pretty similar to what you guys said, just really thankful for all the people around me, people I have in my life, my girlfriend, my family, and uh, her family as well, being supportive of everything I do and uh, making the days go a lot easier than they could be. And the Ravens being eight and three. Yeah, AFC North. <laughs> now, now, Mark Andrews did get hurt last night. Not too great about that, but you know, if we're still leading the North, and I just feel the, I, I can feel my hopes getting up like I did in 2019. Uh-oh. So I'm, 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 I'm shaky on that one, but uh, yeah, go Birds. Love that. I love that. I knew that would get him going. Go Birds. Apparently, we're a Ravens podcast now. We're a Ravens podcast. I'm not. Oh, well, no. Uh, hey, Josh Dobbs, five in a row. Could you getting your hopes up? Oh, no chance. <laughs> I, I, we'll fin- we're finishing on this. Thanksgiving's about football, too. We're, we're, we're just way out into the weeds now. I'm finishing with this. I've, I've enjoyed watching Josh Dobbs. It's been yep. really fun to watch. Yep. Um, I hope no one's crowning anything for the Minnesota Vikings yet. But So the, they were, let's see, one and four at one point. And I said, I said this to people, to buddies, to my wife, to my dad. He and I share texts every Sunday. I said, this team's going to find a way. We're going to find a way to get back to 500. Here you are. No, no better. Just You think just, just 500? No offense to Josh Dobbs, but there's a, there's a cliff coming here at some point. I know this team because the Minnesota Vikings either are the great regular season team that can't win in the playoffs or they're 8-7. and seven. Or they're six and nine, or they're maybe nine and six. Oh, yeah, just good Jeff- enough. Justin Jefferson's coming back. Just Gordon good enough. Justin's pretty good. T.J. Hawkinson's pretty good. Just I good enough know. to miss out on a you know generational type player that can change your franchise forever. They got lucky with Justin Jefferson. Patriots are going to miss out on that too, and they're going to have like the number two pick in the draft, so yeah. it's fine. Yeah, I mean you, you can get lucky. It obviously happens. Justin Jefferson's an elite, Unreal. elite, elite, elite player. Um, Addison guy's pretty good too, but it's nice to get one of those top three picks every once in a while. I don't know when the last, I guess Adrian Peterson, I think, is the last one that Minnesota's had. Decent. Yeah. So, I just this is all too. I've I've seen this movie before. I've seen it before. I'll see it again. So they're right back into the thick of things, and heartbreak awaits. Heartbreak awaits. 
for the three people who are still listening to us rant. <laughs> let's let's wrap this up. Thanks to thanks to Jeremy Corr. Yes, a long so they're time like, ago. what are they talking about? <laughs> uh, thanks to Jeremy Corr, Executive Podcast Solutions. Uh, thanks to Zane McIntyre as well. Marquise Jones for providing our video editing and cheering for the Baltimore Ravens. Joey Goldstein for cheering for that down on their luck. New England Patriots, and for the Minnesota Vikings fan and me, I'm Ben Gislason. Thank you as well for joining us. This has been episode 26 of Riding the Bus, the official Iowa Wild podcast, and as always, too hard for the win.